Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Number one Auburn with 10 seconds left. Here's Green off the mark. Loose ball controlled by the Hogs with two seconds left. And this will finish it in style. And a number one push starting in Bud Walton. So that is some scene. We ought to post that video because it is that is as enthusiastic a crowd as I've ever seen. The Arkansas Razorbacks upsetting Auburn. I didn't even know Auburn was the number one team. It's that's not the point that I'm I'm I wanted to do this. The the fact that you had however many people fit in there, fifteen thousand people, whatever it is, all maskless. Their team upsets number one. They all storm the court. They're almost all on the court, and they're chest to chest, shoulder to shoulder, jumping up and down, screaming and yelling for joy. As they should, by the way. No, I, think that, I can't imagine what the death toll is going to be. So do a split screen in your head. That video of all those people jumping up and down, maskless, jumping for joy inside, blah, 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 with this interview that Dr. Fauci gave to the Financial Times today, which he said, in which he said that he hoped there would be an end to the pandemic-related restrictions in the coming months. And later in the interview, he said he hoped it would be soon, and he said it is likely to happen this year. Wow. So this, so, yeah. <laughs> Wait, not, not so likely. It's just likely it's in the next 11 months. Yeah. this year, before 2023, we'll be able to loosen the restrictions. Who do you think you are talking to? Who are you talking to? Are you, do you not, maybe he's not a sports fan. Uh, uh, what else? What other music fan? Look at a concert. Look at. But I represent science. Bump up against the rest of America sometime, Doctor Fauci or CDC, and realize we're not paying any attention to you. Yeah. No. What does he spend so much about? time on those Sunday shows that he thinks the the hosts yes. of them and, and the panels yes. represent America? Yes, I think he does. I yeah. think he only interacts with other people in government and uh, and people on Sunday shows who 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 are, who are acting like it's. April of 2020, and somebody bring him in your office say, hi, I want to show you something that was on ESPN last night. And by the way, this happens every night all across the country. Oh, my God, those people aren't wearing masks. Yeah, that's the way almost everybody's living, unless their freaking county or state won't let them. Yeah, you'd have to go ghost a Christmas past or something to whisk him around to. Now, uh, Dr. Fauci, we're going to tour the 12,000 private schools across America where none of the kids are wearing masks. Oh, oh! I do. I don't understand this. I, I, uh, why are they not dead? I, uh, ah. It's just so weird. I mean, how could you have? How could you have the top guy speaking for COVID in America saying maybe this year we'll be able to release restrictions at the same time that you got that scene going on on a basketball court? I mean, how right. is that even possible? Right. Coming up, nine responses you should use when the mask police come for you, and it is funny and will remind you of some uh, uh, some things you remember uh which is incredibly redundant and i apologize for that sentence um a couple of things on, on masks and covid and the rest of it first of all it's becoming clear to me that the infamous stacy abrams picture the other day you've seen this right she's the activist gal from georgia 
who lost the gubernatorial race and refused to accept the results of the election, by the way. With uh, practically no evidence there was anything wrong with it. Right, exactly. Well, she uh, took a picture in front of a bunch of kindergartners, I think, the other day, in which she was unmasked and all the poor little children yeah. were wearing utterly useless masks. And and if we have time, maybe <sighs> we'll get it to it later. It, science, scientists are becoming more and more aware of the damage this is doing to kids in a dozen different ways. That picture hurt my heart. I mean, it, it's it's maddening enough that you see the the governors of states where they have mask mandates at football games with no masks and all this stuff. But in front of the little kids, I was looking at that one little boy, maybe just because he looked like my kids. Um a little boy with his mask on, and there's freaking a person in power. They don't need to wear a mask. Right. God dang it, you people are evil. Yeah, the hypocrisy is one thing, but just the, you know, a picture paints a thousand words or whatever it is, and that picture is going to be in every single ad by her opponents, and it should be. And then her the response by her campaign, it is shameful that our opponents are, oh, I'm, I meant to say, this is absolutely on the level of Terry McAuliffe saying, I don't think parents have any right to talk about what their kids are learning in schools. I mean, that that ended his campaign and his career. And this picture is probably going to do the same thing for Stacey Abrams. She shoots back with or her people. It is shameful that our opponents are using a Black History Month reading event for Georgia children as the impetus for a false political attack, blah, blah, blah. So they hide behind an implied allegation of racism when they point out, when somebody points out her horrific hypocrisy and how just disgusting that picture is. So I believe she is doomed. I hope so. That's awful. Yeah, it is that awful. That is just awful. You know, and we will get to the nine responses to use when the mask police come for you in a minute. But I wanted to get this on. This is uh, a combination of my own reading and some great stuff from uh, COVID correspondent Kevin. Um, the narrative now, and if you're a news junkie, you've become at least dimly aware of the new narrative. Here it is spoken by CNN's medical gal, Dr. Liana Wen, in clip number 20, Michael. There was a and is a time and place for pandemic restrictions, but when they were put in, it was always with the understanding that they would be removed as soon as we can. And in this case, circumstances have changed. Case counts are declining. The responsibility should shift from a government mandate. Rather, it should shift to an individual responsibility by the family. Let's make sure you follow what she's claiming. Clip 22. There actually is a harm that we should be discussing of children continuing to mask. That doesn't mean that masking doesn't have its place for children when there are very high rates of hospitalization. If we get a new variant in the future that children are particularly susceptible to, we may want to bring masks back. But we should also be intellectually honest and say that masking has had a cost, especially for the youngest learners. There has been a cost to them. So the risk benefit calculation has really changed. You know, I really like that one part of if a new variant comes in the future that is especially harmful to children, maybe they should wear masks. Oh, uh, wow. Point of order, thanks, Mrs. Chairman. Thanks for treating us like we're really, really, really stupid. So well, if a new virus comes along that particularly affects children, we'll rethink it. Oh, okay. Well, here, here's a question for you. The old virus hasn't affected children or hardly affected children, and we've known it for a very long time. So why the masks? Good point. You just said only a new variant that was especially harmful to children would justify masks in the future. Anyway, her stuff about there is a cost to it and it's bad for kids, I appreciate that being said. And and I give her credit for admitting that. It's a rarity. 
But the first part, and you've heard this from her several times and all sorts of people, now the narrative is the science has changed. We're, we're, we're considering relaxing mask mandates, especially for the kids, because the science has changed. And, and she specifically said on Twitter in writing that here's why the science has changed. We didn't have vaccines for children five, age five to 11 until November. We now know vaccines protect well against Omicron and the, uh, the masking with KN or N95 masks protect the wearers. We found out. And as Kevin points out, point one is irrelevant. Most European countries never masked 5- to 11-year-olds. Mm. And the cost-benefit of vaccinating this age group is highly questionable, to say the least. Many counties are going the completely opposite direction of the U.S. and do not recommend COVID vaccination under 12, outside of severely immunocompromised children. That's most countries, I should say. Part Point two, that we now know vaccines protect well against Omicron. That's also nonsense. The benefits of the vaccine in preventing serious cases and death in vulnerable adults was never in question. The early data out of South Africa indicated both prior infection vaccination still protected against severe outcomes and nothing has changed since, which leaves us to point three, which appears to be the coup de grace for all masking policies. The idea that the potential personal protective benefit of an N95 is some new Discovery is just too perfect, he writes sarcastically. The desperation to shift the narrative is palpable. There is no new data here. We've known since the beginning of the pandemic that N95 respirators offer the best shot at protection, but it's still not great. If not worn properly, without gaps, and disposed of after every individual use, it's as good as useless. And even in studies that trained healthcare workers, in with trained healthcare workers, N95 respirators barely beat out cloth masks, which studies show and everyone now admits are useless at personal protection. So what's going on here? The COVID cultists or Democrats aren't willing to just admit they were wrong. So they're desperate for a message that allows them to shift away from the necessity of mandates without having to admit, quote, your mask protects me narrative was garbage from the start. Wow. And so uh, the science has changed, they claim. And uh, and then throwing out the fact that, well, kids are uh, vaccinated, so that's one part of it. Uh, no, they aren't. I just looked up the most recent statistics as of two days ago. Four out of five, five to 11-year-olds continue to be unvaccinated. So don't hit me with some, we can change it now because they're vaccinated. No, they're not. And I guarantee you the uptake of vaccine for small children is going to be extremely slow. There's no, uh, you know, giant uh, wave of youngsters and their parents who are rushing to get this for their six-year-old. No freaking way. Not according to the New York-centered media that I watch all the time. Right. Margaret Brennan said on Face Nation the other day, it's going to be a line like it's a popular Broadway show as soon as they announce that little kids can't get the vaccination. No, there's not. Maybe in Manhattan, maybe in Davis, California, but uh, not for 90% of America. Yeah. So my children are grown. I am living the empty and lonely life of the empty nester. Uh, I mean, just just last night, Judy's out of town, and I was there in my... my recliner, uh, watching college basketball, sipping a fine bourbon with my faithful dog at my side, living the terrible empty life of the empty nester. <laughs> I thought, how long, how long can I endure this? Certainly no more than 20 or 30 years. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I don't have kids in school. I readily concede that. To the extent that you can, to the extent that you want to, 
to the extent that you are willing to cause any stress to your children whatsoever, and don't don't be casual about that, okay? Because kids get stressed about this sort of thing. We all need somehow to end the masks on the kids in school. It's got to end. But again, I'm not saying have your kid get in the principal's face and get right. thrown out of school or whatever. That's totally up to you. I, I understand completely, but... Um, it's got to end. It's cruel. It's horrible. And, and I would give you more data on that because more and more is coming out, but it's incredibly depressing. I do want to hit you with the nine things you can say when the mask police come for you. Uh, we'll get to that as soon as we can. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it is, it is both insightful and pretty damned funny. I sure would like to see what the evidence is for, for on the four side of kids being masked right now. What are you using to back up your argument? I spend my entire day digging for information on this, and there ain't any. Yeah. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't say the word. I'm actually even angry about this, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, is uh, the unforgivable omission of Spider-Man No Way Home. How did <laughs> that not get one of the ten nominations for Best Picture? Why did they have to be serious what I'm saying? When did that become a prerequisite to getting nominated for an Academy Award? Here's what happened. You want to know what happened? The Academy voters, they looked at the list, they saw the names Leo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep, and they checked that box, and then they put their kids in the car, and they went to see the movie Spider-Man. Weird thing about the Oscars, I'm embarrassed that I used to watch it and have like a a bit of a feeling of reverence for those people. I'm embarrassed by it, like they were some sort of royalty or something. What, Hmm. What was wrong with me and everyone else? Well, that's the first step to getting healthy, Jack, admitting you have a problem. It's certainly over now, though. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know, I I probably drove home the point enough in the previous segment, but it's worth repeating. You're going to hear the science has changed over and over and over again as they explain why there's no more shutdown of small businesses or inessential businesses or the kids are in school or the masks are coming off. None of the science has changed, my friends. None of it. And the reason virtually the entire mainstream media ignored a panel of scientists from Johns Hopkins studying studies done around the world that said the shutdowns did virtually no good and caused enormous harm. How could they possibly ignore that? It's very simple, because to publish the story, to report on the report, would be to admit that they were wrong all along, and they misled you all along, and they did enormous damage, and they do not have the balls, and they do not have the morals to do that. Yeah. Whether it's the government or the New York Times or, or you name all your alphabet uh, soup networks. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. How many times have I said over the last two years, I'll be glad when the, the big study finally comes out on all this stuff. Well, uh, a pretty big one just did. Yeah. And nobody cared. Yeah, I mean, I cared a lot. Oh, I think they cared very much in in the way that the criminal cares that the cops just showed up. But they're hiding. Most people didn't hear about it. Right. And uh, Mm -hmm. most people in media are not in any hurry to alert you to it. So here are nine responses you can use when the mask police come for you. Sir, you need to put on your mask. I was holding my breath. 
Good one. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti. That's a good one. maskless at the football game. I was holding my breath. That's a good one. I the convenience store, I can say, I know I hold my breath the whole time I'm here. Yeah. Number two, I was feeling the spirit. September, San Francisco Mayor London Breed watching Tony, (laughs) Tony, Tony, ignoring her own city's mask order. I was feeling the spirit. I wasn't thinking about a mask. Then she condemned the quote-unquote fun police. (laughs) Sir, you need to put on your mask. I live in the regular world. That's what New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said, defending his trip to a Brooklyn gym as his Deputies were relentlessly enforcing his dystopian rules. I live in the regular world. I was not prepared. Then Virginia Democratic Governor Ralph Northam on the beach in Virginia Beach. And by the way, wearing a mask on the beach is idiotic anyway. (laughs) The governor apologized, saying, I wasn't expecting to be within six feet of anyone, which is nonsense anyway, uh, and that I was unprepared, and I apologize for that. Uh, Okay. Uh, ma'am, you need to put on your mask. Uh, I'm drinking, even if it's a lie. Gavin Newsom claiming that he only took off his mask to have a sip of water or to pose with pictures with Magic Johnson, even though pictures exist of him smiling and partying the whole time with his mask off. I what the like, hell is going on? I would like to say that in the Target. I'm getting my picture taken with Magic Johnson. <laughs> He'll be here any second. I was set up. Nancy Pelosi in the hair salon. My travel is necessary. Democratic Mayor Muriel Bowser of D.C. It's important to look good for TV. Democrat Mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. I was celebrating. That's Joe Biden not wearing a mask, according to Jen Psaki. And finally, but it's Black History Month. Ah. Stacey Abrams with the little kids. Booyah! There you go. Now we all have an excuse. Armstrong and Getty. And coming down to the finish, can Lindsay Jacobellis hold on to it? She does it! Beijing Olympic gold medalist, Lindsay Jacobellis. Yes, finally, we won a gold medal. The United States won a gold medal. Gold! Gold! Although, as... Yeah, it would have been our second gold medal if our turncoat skier wasn't representing the commies. Yeah, NBC News the night before was uh, the one that pointed out, uh, uh, the first American to win a gold medal, skiing for Team China. And they just kind of glossed over that, like, that's no big deal. The fact that an American won a gold medal, competing for not... I used the term rival yesterday, and I thought, I'm going to stop doing that. Enemy. Rival. Germany's a rival. Everybody's a rival. You know, Mm -hmm. economics and everything like that, even if they're an ally. But not an enemy. China's an enemy. Sworn enemy. China is society. Whole, that's one way to put it. Whole of society bent to oppress us. If they had the opportunity today, they would take everything you have and make you live under their system. That's China. And this girl left San Francisco and went and competed for them to win a gold medal. There's no excuse yeah. for that. So, uh, yes, yes, Mike. Uh, yes, Mike. Important question, actually. She was supposed to go, uh, my wife and I were talking about that. She was supposed to go back to Stanford. Do you think China's going to let her come back? Maybe to spy. I don't know. No, I mean, oh. they might say, you live here now. Oh. No, I don't, I don't think so. She's a great pop- propaganda tool. 
Yeah, I think it's a win for them to say, oh, yeah, yeah, the Americans are coming to, p- to compete for our team. It's just so, we're so much better a, a system. Yeah, somebody who's uh, in, enrolled in, and I use this term with uh, disgust and hesitation, an elite university and one of their greatest athletes, she's chosen to be Chinese instead. It's a great propaganda win. Anyway, um, yeah, although, Michael, you know, your point is well taken in that at the moment she becomes too popular or too powerful or inconvenient for the Chinese regime, you will find she uh, has a fate very much like the tennis player lady. Anyway, uh, so this Eileen Gu, who we're talking about, a couple of things. Number one, yesterday, I was saying she renounced her citizenship. It is possible, and it's difficult to know because China's really secretive about this, that they've developed some weird exception because, you know, it's a dictatorship. They can do whatever they want, that she's been granted special permanent residency status, and they didn't actually make her give up her citizenship, although she won't talk about that. She and her people refuse to say anything on the topic. They just say, I'm as American as I am Chinese. But I thought this was interesting. Sports Illustrated had a big uh, article about this online, uh, written by, uh, uh, I was going to commit this to memory, uh, Michael Rosenberg. And Jack, you're going to love this. I'm just going to read this to you. Um, and, and they talk about Gu grew up in California to a Chinese mother, spent a few months every year in China when she was a child, and in 2019 chose to compete internationally for China, even though she's uh, an American. And they say, uh, Sports Illustrated said, it certainly does not mean in itself that this teenager endorses the Chinese government and its policies. By that logic, Michaela Schifrin represented Donald Trump in 2018. And Joe Biden this week. That's not how the Olympics work or should work. What? How do you like that reasoning? Oh, my God. You've got to be freaking kidding me. Yeah. Can you believe? How How do you type that sentence? Then go back when you're rereading your work and think, yeah, that's some good sound logic. I'm going to leave that in there. I mean, I hate to even have to point out how ridiculous that is. Wow. It's a question of a nation in its entirety, its system. Not like the individuals who temporarily are, are custodians of that symptom, that system, rather. That's what a terrible comparison. Uh, but then he writes, it is fair to wonder whether Gu chose to compete for China because she can make exponentially more money that way. But we should uh, be careful with assumptions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Still, there's something chilling about the Chinese government using Gu as a PR weapon, you think? China's facing increasing and deserved pressure for its atrocious human rights record, squelching of political dissent and religious freedom, and it is deploying an 18-year-old girl from California as a shield. Chinese law prohibits dual citizenship, and this has led to speculation about whether Gu surrendered her U.S. passport to compete for China. Twice, just after the competition, reporters asked her about it. Gu was asked the same question again multiple times in her press conference. Each time, her answers seemed like they were spit out of a government computer program. I kept looking to see if she pushed a button on her wrist before she spoke. Yeah, so we got a bunch of texts yesterday from people saying she did not renounce her citizenship. Uh, What's your proof of that? She won't answer the question, and that's Chinese law. Now, maybe she didn't, like Joe said, but shut up. So Something re- incredibly hinky is going on regardless. Right. I should have gotten this tape, but anyway, I'll read it to you. Did you have to give up your U.S. citizenship to compete for China? A reporter asked one of many times. And she announced, 
I've always been super outspoken about my gratitude to the U.S., especially the U.S. team. I feel as though they've helped me out so much in my development. They continue to support me. The same with the Chinese team. They've always been super supportive, and they helped me so much. And so in that sense, I think that that speaks volumes to the ability of sport to bridge the gap and to be a force for unity. That's a yes. That's a yes. And I'll bet China did make her renounce her U.S. citizenship and did not make an exception for her because... They want to have something on her if she decides to all of a sudden get a little too yappy within those reporters. They grab her. She's not a U.S. citizen anymore. It's not the same uh, political problem as it would have been otherwise if they grab a Chinese citizen. And they are nothing if not calculating the the Communist Party in China. No, if the answer was, no, I didn't, then she would have said, no, I didn't. I like I this couple. I like this couple of sentences. Uh, after that long, long, long answer, this is like responding to "What is your favorite flavor of ice cream?" with an eighty-word answer about your appreciation of milk cows. <laughs> Goo obviously made a deal. The only question is, what were the terms? Yeah, exactly. If, if Chinese officials allowed her to maintain her U.S. citizenship, it would likely be under the condition that she keeps quiet about it, lest the world know they violated their own law. If they forced her to give up her U.S. citizenship, that would bring backlash in the states. You might better not see her on a freaking Wheaties box or anything like that. She is a traitor to her nation. Oh, there's there's more. <laughs> when asked if she, uh, again to clarify her citizenship status, she demurred. Yeah, um, first of all, I'm an 18-year-old girl. I'm a kid. I haven't even gone to college yet. I'm a pretty normal person. She ended the non-answer with this. If people don't have a good heart, they won't believe me because they can't emphasize with people, empathize with people who have a good heart. And so in that sense, I feel as though it's a lot easier to block out the hate now. And also, they're never going to know what it feels like to win an Olympic gold medal. Oh, wow. That was an interesting circled back around to the gold medal thing. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What the? And again, who ordered the enormous, incomprehensible word salad? Uh, Who ordered the world word salad? So this gal, as it turns out, already has zillions of dollars worth of modeling contracts because she's got wide set eyes and puffy lips. And so she's making tons of money as a model well, what could in, be, in both countries and a spokesperson and a sex symbol and the rest. What could be greater for China than have her be the big successful model who left the United States for China? Because not only are we a better place to live, we're a better economic system. Right, right. Uh, for instance, Goo counts American companies such as Red Bull, Victoria's Secret, and Oakley among her sponsors, and she's modeled for Estee Lauder, Tiffany & Company, and Louis Vuitton. She's a regular fixture in fashion magazines and on action sports tours, etc., uh, etc. Et screw her and screw anybody who's trying to gloss over this story and act like it's not something. It's something. Yeah, absolutely it is. And the idea that, and and again, I tweeted angrily about this the other night. NBC went, they bent over backwards with an elaborate package. That's kind of an industry term for they had sound and they have video and they have a teleprompter to read. I got an elaborate package. Oh, boy. Uh, Keep it to yourself. But anyway, so they had this package all designed to convince us that we should love and admire this international, incredible, beautiful young woman. It was disgusting. You can't. They attempted to, and maybe some people bought it. You can't twist that into a feel-good story. No. I, again, I keep saying, if you're old enough to remember, can you imagine one of our top athletes going to compete for the Soviet Union and winning a gold medal against the United States? No, you can't imagine that. Sure, sure. Or uh, Hitler's Germany, for instance. 
Uh, oh, by the way. Yeah, Jesse Owens decides that he'd be a particularly odd choice as a black man, but a uh, you know top athlete for the United States goes and competes for the uh, for Hitler's Germany and wins the gold medal against us. And isn't this a great story of multiculturalism? Right. No, no, it's not. Isn't that amazing, Jesse Owens? He speaks German and English. He's a he was a very handsome man. Uh, he has modeling contracts in Germany and endorses a variety of German products. It's so special that he spans both countries, and there he is with Hitler. Isn't that exciting? Says NBC. It was bizarre. By the way, it's probably worth mentioning this. I just think it's an interesting uh, illustration of history and the way history works. History always gets boiled down to like one thing. Whether it's a, a, a war or a, a, a kingdom or a, a, a king or a country or whatever, it gets boiled down to the point where it's so grossly oversimplified, you really don't know anything about it whatsoever. <laughs> And I read a great piece pointing out that um, in the 30s, Hitler had, actually, the, the games were awarded to Germany, both the summer and winter games were awarded to Germany for 1936 uh, prior to the Nazis' rise to power. And Hitler was very, very intent on the Olympics coming off well in the way Xi Jinping is right now. Um, and, and they write by the, uh, the story we often tell ourselves is that the Olympics were an embarrassment to Hitler. Jesse Owens, the black American track star, came to Berlin, won four gold medals. So much for the Nazis' master race. You know, that's funny. That's what I've been told in documentaries about this my whole life. Right, right. Uh, I tell you what, why don't we take a quick break? I think I see where you're going, yeah. And wow. I'll explain to you what actually happened. Yeah, and I gotta get to the story about this, uh, Oregon cat with 28 toy, toes has become an Instagram su- success. Uh, how many toes a cat supposed to have? Five per? Five per and usually four or feet. Or are they like a... F- yeah. So it's got okay, a, well, l- a lot of toes. <laughs> well, that's why it's an Instagram success. Uh, Stay tuned for all that stuff. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We can kick off Hour 4 telling you about what's the latest in Ukraine. Holy crap. Um, I mean, it's ratcheting up day by day by day. And got to get to the 28-toed cat who's become an Instagram (laughs) sensation. If you don't get next hour, grab it via podcast later at armstrongandgetty.com. 28 toes, that's a lot of toes. Two dozen toes with several to spare. Coming up, new contender for the best Joe Biden imitator. Uh, So Jade Nordlinger wrote a great piece for National Review about the genocide games and how hard China worked uh, to get the 2000 games. They didn't, but then the 2008 games and and the current games and why. And and he he points out that the Nazis were crazy into the idea of the Olympic Games being there in 1936 and that. Like the Chinese, who released a handful of political prisoners and went a little easy on journalists for a little while and the rest of it, uh, Hitler did exactly the same. They caused, they called it the Olympic pause. They eased oppression in and around 1936 for international consumption. And the whole Jesse Owens went and humiliated Hitler thing is, is, I mean, it, it's true to a small extent, but not nah, that as if that's the main story. No, that, that had no effect on the, uh, the arc of history. How was I fed that as a kid and continued to believe it? 
William Shirer, the journalist who, who wrote The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, right, wrote Hitler coveted uh, the games, had to concede, uh, we have to concede, turned the Olympics into a dazzling propaganda success for his barbarian regime. Duff Hart Davis, in his book Hitler's Games, said, quote, that the success of the 11th Olympiad gave Hitler an enormous boost, both, both moral and political, nobody could deny. Uh, they created a big Potemkin village, a phony front. They were able to put across this illusion of a perfectly normal place in which life went on as pleasantly as in any other European country. It was an enormous boon sure. to the Nazis, and it bought them goodwill that they exploited for several years before they invaded all of Europe or and tried prob- to take over the world. Or probably even throughout the war, as people's vision of Hitler's Germany was what they saw in the Olympics. So it can't right. be, you know... Those Nazi death camps. Yeah, you had a substantial part of the free world saying, no, I watched the Olympics. That I watched the scenes on the street. It's not what you're saying it can't be. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. The fascinating. The view I have been fed that my whole life is just crap. And trust me, Xi Jinping knows that story. Sure he does. All right. Do we need transition music? Do we even have time for it? Probably not. On a lighter note. As you go from Hitler to comedy, on a lighter note, that's as good as anything. There have been some pretty good imitations of Biden. Uh, James, what's his face? Austin Johnson, is that his name on Saturday Night Live? His is okay, his Biden. Let's hear it. America, I'm here to tell you there's one simple thing you can do to make this whole virus go away. Stop seeing (laughs) Spider-Man. No, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's which is interesting because his Trump is the best ever. Oh, it's hilarious like, and perfect. Maybe the best impersonation of any kind <laughs> I've ever seen is his yeah. Trump and his Biden's eh. Then you've got comedy genius Dana Carvey's offering. Here's the deal. Number one, the thing that they said. Come on. Number two, the two part. <laughs> Folks, three, you know, come on. I'm not kidding around. No rocket science. There's, here's the deal. <laughs> that is yeah, hilarious. It goes on and it gets funnier and funnier. <laughs> Uh, well, we have a new contender. This is comedian uh, Kyle Dunnigan is Biden. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you a message from the President of the United States. My fellow Jamaicans, our nation is in crisis. The Decepticon variant Hobo 19 is still killing fat people. Inflation is destroying our fire jars, and now the Jew is being sexually, sexually raped. That is why I've asked Congress to order a full-scale attack on Joe Rogan. To uh, not 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 Joe Rogan, the the Russian guy, the, the guy with the shirt, Pootie Tang, man, bad dude. We, we, we gotta come together, man. Get this guy. He's got, he's got our cranes. He's got all the cranes. We, we need him for the bigger, better, better, better build back. The build back, better, 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 the better, better build back, the better, better build back, better plan, man. You say it three times fast, pal. You say it. Got a piece of shit guy over here. Anyway. <laughs> so wow. what's funny about that is he's got that whole Batacafacafcare thing down. <laughs> yes. Well, that Batacafacare. Some of that stuff yeah. in the beginning where he just, what what did you say? He just slurs some words together. Well, right. My fellow Jamaicans. Um, <laughs> what's, do, we have his, do we have the listen bow uh, clip? He's got the kind of this feel Yeah, yeah, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Bal. The almost right. You're going to end for a problem, or whatever it is that Biden says here. Yeah, that's what he's got down, that that Joe Biden. 
Yeah. Do you have that, Michael, or no? I don't. Oh, that's, no. that's a damn shame. It is a, it's a more than a damn shame. It's really a, uh, a crisis in our show that we don't have a way to access these things that we've yeah. got to fix. Can we make that? Let's make that the highest priority, people. There you go. So I'll make it my highest priority. There's got to be a better way than searching. Yeah, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah better get up a kefker. Pull out bad a kefker. Play, play, yeah, play the beginning of that again for me. I, we interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you a message from the President of the United States. My fellow Jamaicans, our nation is in a crisis. The Decepticon variant Hobo 19 is still killing fat people. Inflation is destroying our fart jars, and now that Ukraine is So there, so that the inflation is destroying our fart cars and turns. Well, I mean, that is dead on Joe Biden right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a bit of better, bad, bad, better. Bit of better, better, bad, back. But you say it, Jack. <laughs> Listen, Bal, you're going to end for a problem. Wow. Wow, that's pretty good. Kyle Dunnigan, nice job. Are you still looking for it, Michael? Keep looking until we find it. All right. Hanson, can you help? Oh, How can Jack. we not find these things? There's got to be a way. Other radio shows do it, so technically it's got to be oh, possible. Oh, boy. Oh, folks, this is what we have to work with. No, I with. blame our equipment. We don't have the right equipment, but it's got to be doable. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to will, make out a high priority. I will personally finance whatever it takes <laughs> to solve these problems. We'll but spare I, no expense. We'll apply. Get ready, Bal. Yeah, get ready, Bal. You're gonna in for a problem. If the government has money to get crack pipes to 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 junkies, surely they have money to get us a better computer system. Right. Exactly. We're a national treasure. Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.